0: Verse 10 says this, Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. I can remember it like yesterday, this episode in my life. It happened during my high school years. And, and the embarrassing thing about that is there's three people in this room who might have been there for this. Went to, it's scary when, when you have people you went to high school with um, and you're their Pastor. But this is what happened. I was wearing I happened to be wearing one of my favorite shirts. And in those days, really, I cared about two things that my face would be clear and that I would make the basketball team. So my favorite shirt in those days had this giant hand that was exploding as if to reach up and grab a basketball. And and I put it on that morning and I went to class. Well, the bell rings on that day, and we all empty out into the hallways of this high school. And one of the upperclassmen, I was a sophomore at that time, one of the upperclassmen stopped everyone in the hall, and he made a giant fist and a grunting sound. And I received his message clear as day. He was making fun of me. He was ridiculing me for the shirt that I had chosen to put on. And and like always happened in those days, my face turned beet red, and I got out of there just as quick as could be. That night, I took off that shirt for the very last time. I know. It's stupid, isn't it? But I needed people's love and approval more than I needed that shirt. I needed to not be made fun of more than I needed to wear my favorite shirt. There it is, isn't it? It's it's the lie that we all believe. That I need you to like me. And sometimes, we're in high school, it might cause us not to wear Our favorite shirt. Now, it it may be true, I haven't studied this at all, but it may be true that this lie has the most power over us when we are in our teenage years, when we're in high school. And maybe you can all remember back to those days, those days when you were about to ask a girl to the dance and your heart is in your throat because you fear rejection more than anything else. Maybe you can remember those days when you just wanted to fit in and, and, and go in that popular crowd or be in that club. Maybe you can remember those days, your own episode, your own exploding hand out of the shirt, face turned red. Embi- embarrassing, hurtful episode in your high school years. And Now, that, it may be true that, that this lie has the most power when we are in that part of our life, but it still holds power over us today. Don't believe me? Then let me ask you some hard probing questions for you to consider. What happens to you when someone that you respect, someone who is your peer, somebody maybe who is above you, what happens when they criticize you? When they say your writing wasn't good or... What you do or what you believe doesn't make sense. Does it it leave you on the floor in the field position crying? Does Does it leave you ruminating about it? And when you see that person, the first thing that you think is, they hurt me recently pretty badly. Or, are you able to just brush it off? In one ear and out the other. Because if it leaves you hurt... So badly that you can't let go of it, then you still believe this lie. I need you to like me. What happens if the opposite thing happens? Someone that you love, that you approve of, someone that you respect, who is your peer, maybe above you, flatters you and they praise you. Does that leave you flying high for the next couple of weeks? Does that does that give you the determination to work hard again? Because if it does, then you still believe it's lie. I need you to like me. And if you do, I'm doing great. What happens when you get into a social situation and you are asked to fit in? Do you become a social chameleon? Are you willing to sell out your values and your character. Are you willing to keep your opinion to yourself and your beliefs to yourself just to fit in? Well, then you believe this lie. I need you to like me. Now, we can we can attack this lie and expose it for what it is in, in different ways. We could talk about it rationally speaking because if you have the goal to to make everyone that you come in, in contact with like you, it's simply unattainable. It is irrational. Walk into any, any room in New York City and proudly declare, I'm a Democrat. Some people in that room are going to like you. Some people won't. Go into that same room and loudly declare, I'm a Republican. Some people are going to like you. Some people won't. Go into that same room and try a different tact and say, I am unaffiliated with a political party. Some people are going to like you. Some people won't. Go into that same room and declare, I have religious convictions that are based on Scripture. Some people are going to like you. Some people won't. Moms know this. Moms know that you simply can't please everyone. Everybody, moms, has an opinion about how you should feed your child in the first year of life. And whatever you do, however you decide to feed your child, some people are going to like you. Some people won't. Pet owners know this too. Everybody here in New York City has an opinion about whether you should use a collar for your dog or if that's too cruel and you should use a harness. And some people are going to judge your choice and they'll like you or they won't. See, see it is a irrational. It doesn't even make sense to make your goal, I want everyone who I run into to like me. So we could attack it that way and expose it for what it is. We could also attack this lie by showing the emotional damage that it causes. Sit down, maybe ask your doctor or your counselor sometime, what kind of damage does people-pleasing do? That's what they call it. People-pleasing. And they will tell you that a people-pleaser serves their own well-being up on a platter to everybody else. You let everybody else determine your well-being. And you know what you do in order to get everyone to like you, in order to to feel good about yourself? Well, you don't know how to say no. You don't. You don't know how to say no because you want that person to like you. You are willing to sacrifice your family, your spiritual well-being, your physical well-being, so that everybody else will like you. We could talk about that in a biblical way, can't we? What, who are you serving when you serve up your well-being to everybody else? And let them determine how you are going to feel and think. You're serving them, not God. It's, what is this? It's, it's idolatry. It's idolatry. You seek their love and their approval before anything else. And what's the long-term emotional impact of this? Well, you know it if you are a people pleaser. Burnout. Burnout because you've got to make everybody else happy, and so you get tired. What else? Bitterness. Because you will never receive from those people that you are serving with all your strength what you need. So you're going to become bitter. What else are you going to feel? Resentment. Because those people simply are not fulfilling your needs. And finally, you're going to have superficial relationships. Because you're not going to be real with anyone. You're going to be whoever they want you to be. But for, forget about for a second how irrational it is to believe this lie. Forget for a second about the emotional damage and, and, and that it causes in your life. And think about this for a second, what the Apostle Paul says. Because you didn't come to church to hear a counselor speak. You came to hear what God has to say in His Word about this lie. And the Apostle Paul, this is the way he addresses the truth, the, the truth from God's Word. And, and he's going to start, this is a very hard truth. He says this, Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Am I now trying to win the approval of God, of men, or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Now now before we can begin to understand these words, let me set the context for you. We just studied this book of Galatians in Bible study, so you're going to remember some of this stuff. But the Apostle Paul here, he is being accused of something. He is being accused of being a people pleaser. People are saying about him, he's a social chameleon. They're saying about him, he blows in the wind. They're saying about him, he will tell you whatever your itching ears want to believe. And these people who had infiltrated the congregation in Galatia, they had some evidence and they were trotting it out. They were saying, look, when he's with the Jews, he says and he practices circumcision. And they trotted out Timothy as as their prime example. When he was with the Jews, he said, Timothy, you need to get circumcised. And he did. And they said, well, look, when he's with the Gentiles, he does another thing. He does something completely different. See, when Titus and he went to be with the Gentiles, he wasn't circumcised. You, you see what the evidence that they had against the Apostle Paul was? When he's, he, when he's with the Jews, he does one thing. When he's with the Gentiles, he does another thing. Paul, he's a people pleaser. He blows in the wind, they're saying. He, he's not seeking to please God. He's seeking to please men. And do, you, and do you see then how the Apostle Paul responds to these accusations in Galatians chapter 1? Does he blow in the wind? No. Does he become a compromiser of his faith? No. Does he become a a, a social chameleon or, or does he audaciously and in a confrontational way speak the truth? He's confrontational, isn't he? He says, this is the gospel that I believe. You can call me a people pleaser, but I'm not. We are free to be circumcised. We can do that out of respect for the Jews, to win them. We we are also free not to be circumcised, he says, because Christ has done everything that needs to be done for our salvation. And then he comes to our key verse, and he says this, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. And we'd better pay attention to to that last part, because do you hear what the Apostle Paul is saying? You cannot be a people-pleaser and a God-pleaser at the same time. It's impossible. Being a people-pleaser and being a God-pleaser, they are diametrically opposed. You can try if you want. Go ahead and try and become enslaved to everyone around them. Serve them. See if it works so that you arrive at happiness. He says that. But you cannot at the same time be enslaved to Christ who won you and redeemed you. It is impossible. You cannot be a people pleaser and a God pleaser at the same time. Jesus taught that too. Only he goes a step further. Here's what Jesus said. This is our Gospel lesson for today. Woe to you when all men speak well of you. For that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. So Jesus says, if you achieve the dream that you had in high school, if you get everybody that you bump bump into in life to like you, you're doing something wrong. You're not being Real And you're definitely not speaking the truth from God's Word. You're hiding your beliefs, you're compromising your character, and you're probably selling out your Savior. So Jesus says, woe to you. If you're popular, woe to you. And, and let's understand this for a second. When Jesus speaks words of woe, He backs it up. Think about when He spe- spoke words of woe against Coraline. Chorazin, and Bethsaida. Do you know what they look like today? They're a heap of rubble. So this is not a place where we want to be, where Jesus is speaking words of woe against us. So this is the hard truth about it. When we believe the lie, I need you to like me, we are going against God. So far, we have exposed this lie rationally. We have exposed it emotionally, and we've seen it as a sandwich. We have also... Spiritually speaking, with the hard truth. But there is one more perspective that we must see about this lie, and that's the Gospel truth. Because the Gospel truth says this, there is a love that is so deep and so wide and so high and so broad that you do not need anybody else to like you. That's what the Apostle Paul understood and believed. There there is a divine love that is so wide and so high and so long and so deep that you don't need anybody else to like you. Have you ever asked yourself the question, how did the Apostle Paul write such a thing as he did in Galatians chapter 1? I mean, he risked his relationship with the Galatians, didn't he? He wrote harshly. He wrote confrontationally. And he was willing to risk it all. How do you think he did that so bravely? Because he knew one simple fact. That Jesus loved him unconditionally. He knew that Jesus had lived for him, died for him, rose for him, and called him personally on the road to Damascus. And so that's why he wrote to the Galatians in this way. He began in this letter this way. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. And the Lord Jesus Christ who gave Himself for our sins. So his answer to the lie, I need to be liked. And he could have lied himself. I need to be liked by the Galatians, so I'm going to compromise. His answer to that lie was this. I am loved by God through Jesus Christ who rescued me. What's your answer to the lie going to be? When you're telling yourself, I need be like? Well, you can say, I am loved by God through Jesus Christ who rescued me. What are you going to do the next time that someone who you respect criticizes who you are or what you do, and you're tempted to just curl up in a fetal position and cry and ruminate about it for days on end? You can say to yourself, I am loved by God through Jesus Christ who rescued me. What's, what are you going to do the next time that someone attempts to manipulate you or flatter you or praise you so that it doesn't float your boat and you do exactly what they want you to do? You can remind yourself that the highest praise of all is the fact that I am loved by God through Jesus Christ who rescues me. What are you going to do the next time that you are in such a situation where you are tempted to become a social chameleon? And sacrifice your values and your character and what you've always believed for the sake of fitting in. You can say to yourself, I am loved by God through Jesus Christ who rescued me. And you're not going to need the approval of anybody else. If I would have known this, I'd still be able to wear that T-shirt that I had in high school. See, we have a divine love that is so wide and so high and so deep that we are, seek, we, are, we, we are free to seek not to please everybody around us, but only God. We're free to do that now. His love is the only love that we need and we have it. So dear Christian, find in the cross of Jesus Your heavenly Father saying, I not only like you, I love you this much. Find in your baptism, the Father shouting down from heaven, I wash you and I bring you into my holy family. Find in this Christian congregation, a group of people who love you unconditionally, not because of who you are, but because of what Christ has done for you find in the sacrament of the Lord's table an infinite pardon for seeking after any kind of human love. See, all of us, the truth is this, we have a deep need to be loved and to be liked and to be approved of. And that need is met. It's fully met in the love of God our Father, in the means of grace, and in Christian fellowship. So, you know what that means? It means you're free. You are free to be the man or woman or child who God has called you to be. Amen. Please stand.